0: Hey, praise and I'm Pastor Michael Jakes, and welcome once again to the Sunday Sermon Series. Here once again with the word for your heart and for your soul. We pray that all is well once again between you and the Lord. We come to you live this morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform, amen? And so we bless the Lord, we honor Him, and we thank Him for all that He is doing, amen? Uh, You can find our website at thatstheword.org, and you can also go to our YouTube channel, which is... That's the word ministries. Amen. We're here this morning. We are continuing in our series entitled Alive and Well. We're looking at empowering scenes from the early church. Amen. And there are many things about the early church that we need to know and that we need to learn. And incorporate them into what we are and what we do today. As we know, Scripture is very clear that nothing that happens on the enemy on the enemy's end will be able to overthrow uh, what happens in the church. Amen. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. But we find much here uh, in the book of Acts concerning that early church that we we need to incorporate. And today uh, we are going to be talking about many. Of those things. So we pray that you'll join us this morning as we once again open up the Word of God for a word of encouragement. Amen. So we're going to get underway with a word of prayer and the Word of God right after this. we are back just a reminder our new book is available churchified or sanctified it's available on amazon.com and it's all about exploring the dangers of religion and the glories of relationship amen so we pray that you will be blessed by that amen let's open up in a word of prayer lord we bless your name we thank you once again for giving us an opportunity lord to Uh, Open up your word and to bless your name Lord, we pray for the next few minutes, Lord That you might be uh, the silent listener To all that we do and say Uh, Lord, we know that we could do nothing without you Lord Jesus So we pray uh, that your hand will be upon us Lord, we pray, uh, Lord, even now That you would not allow us to do any violence to your word Lord, we come straight uh, from the word of God Lord, we pray that you will bless it Lord, I pray you will bless the hearers Lord, I pray pray that you will draw those who need to hear this word today To this place on the world wide web lord your word allow it to do what only it can do lord we bless you we honor you we thank you in jesus name amen and amen hallelujah we bless the lord god is good amen god bless you my brother craig and family charity pops amen god bless you all amen well amen let's go to the book of acts the book of acts i love the book of acts uh it is a book of power. it is a book of adventure. it is a book of thrills, intrigue, amen uh there have been movies about certain parts of the book. There have been movies about the book in particular, but none of them do what actually happened justice. We know that they can only do what they can do in a in a movie, and it's a lot of a lot of fictional things in there, but when we read the book. When we read the book of Acts, uh, it has so uh, much, so much power. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter number 11. Acts, chapter number 11. And we want to start reading this morning in verse number 19. Chapter 11, verse number 19. Amen. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far As Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost, and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass, That a whole year, a whole year, uh, they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Amen. The Christians, they were called Christians first at Antioch. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and for a few uh, minutes this morning uh, I want to uh, talk to you uh, on the subject uh, the truth the truth about Antioch the truth about Antioch and Antioch is a special place in the annals of church history because it is in the book of Acts and at Antioch in particular that the disciples as we just read the disciples were called Christians and first there. They were called Christians first in Antioch. So that means that there was something about them. There was something about the believers, the disciples of Christ that caused them to be called by the name Christian. Now, there's been many different things written about the, the, the name uh christian and and where it came from obviously we know that it comes from christ not that he uh not that he gave it to them because he did not here's what you need to know that the disciples did not name themselves okay they did not name themselves they did not say hey we are the followers of christ so we are going to name ourselves the followers of christ no, that's not what happened. You see, they were called Christians by those who were unbelievers around them. Unbelievers. Understand that. Unbelievers gave the name Christian to the followers of Christ. Now, the word Christ obviously means Messiah. Uh, and the last part, I-A-N, uh, it's been found in uh, in some in, in Latin writings uh, that, that I-A-N, OS Ianos uh, means to be a follower. Uh, so to be in Christ means to be a follower of Christ. Some say that it means to be like Christ. Either way you put it, there is a connection. There is a great, a uh, grand connection to Christ. When you are, when we are called into His kingdom, we become one with Him. And remember the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal of the Christian life. Your ultimate goal, my ultimate goal, and we're not talking about ministry here, but your ultimate goal and my ultimate goal is to be like Jesus. This is what we want. We want to be like him and we will spend our entire lives moving in that direction. We won't reach perfection uh, because we are encased uh, within this mortal flesh, this corrupted mortal flesh. So we won't ever reach a state of perfection here. But our aim, our goal, our desire is to be like Christ. He tells us, uh, Scripture tells us uh, that we are to emulate him. Amen. Uh, we need to be like him. Amen. And so that's very important. But once again, when we talk about Antioch, there were certain things about what they did in Antioch uh, that caused those around them who were unbelievers to tack this name on them, and it was not—it was not necessarily. I've heard it both ways. Uh, some say uh, that it was a term of endearment, uh, that it was a good thing. Uh, others say uh, that it was—it it was a term meant to pull them down because the, the masses uh, did not—they hated uh, Christ anyway, and so the name was meant as an as a as an epithet. It was it was it was aimed at them as a as a curse word. We 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 don't we don't we're not really sure exactly uh, what uh, was meant by those who gave them that name. Whether they did it in anger or they did it as endearment, but the fact is, the name has held. The name has held, and whether it was meant as a as an evil epithet, we receive it. We receive it because I we are unashamedly followers of Christ. Amen. We are unashamedly followers of Christ. He is the object of our faith. He is what we are about. He is our life. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 4. But once again, what caused this group of people to put this name and give them this name? Uh, We read here in verse number 19 that they preached the word to none but the Jews only. That's who... That's who was what was there in the immediate vicinity uh, in the early church, the early church, even before uh, before Paul became prominent, uh, the early church did not always recognize the fact that the gospel was for all. It was for all. Even Paul, when he began, he also preached to the gospels. Until a certain point in time where he says that you have, we, we see now that you have chosen to push the gospel away from you, not seeing yourself worthy of eternal life, and we henceforth now go to the Gentiles. And that's the point in time where the gospel began to spread out to those who were not Jews. But up until this time, uh, the gospel was uh, uh, mainly, mainly given to the Jews, but of course there were exceptions. And that's not a bad thing, because we read here in verse number 20, some of the men were from Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, the Greek, the Gentiles, the non-Jews. They spoke uh, the word. And here's what it says. They preached Jesus. What was it about the church at Antioch that made them who they were? What gave them that name. Number one, they preached the word. They preached the word. Amen. There is nothing more, uh, there's nothing more deflating uh, than going into a church, whatever church it is, and being bombarded with things political and things social and, and all sorts of different things that have nothing to do that have nothing to do with the Bible, have nothing to do with the gospel, and just be hit by what's just going on in the world. And we know that the things that go on in the world have a place in, in ministry and have a place in what we preach about. Many times, many times, the things that happen in the world help to frame some of the things that we will say from Scripture. So it's, it's not wrong to bring up a certain situation that may be happening in the world. But once again, we must always bring it back to the centerpiece. It's all about the gospel. It's all about Jesus Christ. People do what they do because they don't know Jesus. The problems in the world today, in whatever strata uh, they are, wherever they are found, it is because men and women do not know the Lord. We have wars and rumors of wars. Uh, We have corruption at every end. Uh, and, And all of this is because men are unredeemed. And if we change that narrative, if the church steps up and preaches the gospel, they will see men and women saved and they will see things, and we will see things change. But we have to preach the gospel. Amen? The gospel. Not a social gospel or a political gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? We see here that these uh, that these Grecians, these Gentiles, once they heard uh, the word, uh, that something happened. The Christians in Antioch, not only did they preach the word, but even taking it a step further, you can say it's the same thing. But to be more specific, they preached the Lord Jesus. They preached The Lord Jesus. And even before they understood. Even before they understood all the intricacies of the gospel. And the gospel is really not too intricate. It's very simple. But before they understood the doctrine. And about justification and sanctification and glorification. And all the different things that are attached uh, to the blessings that we receive from the cross. They simply preached the Lord Jesus. Who he was. And what he came to do. And what he wanted to do in their life. And something powerful happened. When they preached the Lord Jesus, it says, The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Anytime you see that phrase, turned, it's talking about repentance. There was repentance. Amen? There needs to be repentance when salvation happens takes place. I I I looked online uh, recently. And I saw uh someone uh broached the question and it said, "Do we need to repent in order to be saved? Do we need to be do we need to repent?" And I believe in my heart of hearts that the answer is absolutely yes. Of course we need to repent. Repent means to to turn around. It means to change your mind. To change your way of thinking about about who Jesus is and 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 about even your own life. Before you can before that all happens, you you got to turn around. You have to turn around. So yes, repentance is vital to uh salvation. And we see that these individuals that were preached to that were preached the Lord Jesus we see that they found out early on that the gospel is the power of God unto or that leads to salvation. Once again, the message of the gospel cannot be, ought not be mixed with other things. When the gospel is mixed with other things, it will dilute the gospel and it won't and it won't have the power that it has. The power that is intrinsic within it will not be there when we mix it with other things. We must not dilute the gospel. Amen. But the pure, unadulterated, undiluted gospel will save. The Holy Spirit will go forth and begin to convict hearts. But once again, we have to stay right on Jesus. Amen. Who he is, what he has done, and what he came to do. Now the news of what was going on in Antioch began to be spread abroad. Without, of course, the use of social media, newspapers, and all of these things, it went by word of mouth, and the news traveled uh, at a relative, at a relatively uh, uh, a quick uh, space of time. It says here then tidings or news of these things came to the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and so. They wanted to know what was going on. There was something special going on in Antioch. This was a revival that was taking place in Antioch. Great numbers of people were being saved. Amen. And let me go back. If you and I want to see great numbers of people being saved, we're going to have to preach the Lord Jesus. It all comes back to the Lord Jesus. If we preach the Lord Jesus, we will see people being saved amen now once again you and i may not see these people get saved we may not ever see it but nonetheless they will be saved amen when we preach a powerful untethered undiluted gospel amen it says here it says here in verse number 22 that they sent forth barnabas that he should go as far as antioch they wanted to see what was going on what was this dynamic that was taking place in this town called Antioch. Amen. It says here who when he came talking about Barnabas when he got there and seen and had seen the grace of God. He saw the grace of God. Listen. The things that the disciples at Antioch did. I'm talking about preaching the word. Coupled with several other things that we're going to get into in just a few minutes. But when they began Uh, To preach the word. And to preach the Lord Jesus. That is. Listen. That is an indication that they believed in who Jesus was. You're not going to preach about what you don't know. You're not going to preach about what you don't believe. They believed in who he was. He was the Messiah. And they preached forth that fact. He came to die for our sins. And they preached forth that fact. He was raised again. And they did preach forth Of that fact. Amen. And he wants to save. He wants to forgive people of their sins. I'm sure that they preach forth that fact. So all of this is an indication of that. And it's an indication of great faith. Great faith. The greatest faith you can have. Is faith in Christ. I'm not talking about the amount of faith. That you have here. I'm talking about where your faith is. Where your faith is. The greatest faith that you can have. Is faith in Christ and his finished work. That's the greatest faith. That's that ought to be the object or the focal point of our faith. Amen. Everything is built around Christ and His and His finished work. Every single thing. So when we read this and we see what happened there and how people were saved, it says here now in verse number, 20, verse number 23 that. Barnabas came and saw the grace of God. You see, great faith results in great grace. Great faith results in great grace. And we read in another place that great grace was upon them all. Once again, grace will be upon those who preach his word and his word alone. Grace will be upon those who preach Christ and him crucified, Great grace. Amen. And this is powerful. This is powerful. So when he gets here, verse number 23, and saw the grace of God, he was glad. He was glad. He understood what was happening. And he exhorted them. Listen to these instructions that he gives them. Under the, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says. That with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. These were his words of encouragement. When he came and saw. What God's grace had done. What God's power had done. He says listen. Here's what you need to do. He says. He says hold on. He says hold on to Christ. And who he is. Cleave unto the Lord. Don't let him go. Amen. When we talk about faith. And, and having our faith in the right place. Amen. We, we mean that you ought to hold on to that faith. And not allow your faith to be placed anywhere else. Don't put your faith in your church. Uh, regardless of how wonderful your church may be. Don't put your faith in your leader. Your pastors. Uh, don't put your faith uh, in, in men. Amen. Uh, we do not put our trust in kings and princes. Uh, scripture tells us. Don't do that. Don't put your faith in the things that you do in the kingdom. Don't put your faith in the disciplines of the Christian life. Don't put your listen. Don't put your faith in the fact that you read your Bible uh, in a dedicated way. Don't put your faith in it. Don't put your faith in how much you pray. You may be a prayer warrior, but don't put your faith in. You're praying, you put your, you pray, of course you put, you have faith when you pray. Understand what we mean? You have faith when you pray. We, we ought to have faith. You, you have faith when you read his word. All of these, when we fast, we ought to do it uh, with faith. But once again, do not put faith in the doing of whatever you do. Based on what you do, then God sort of owes you something. Look at how faithful I am. Look at how much I have read. Look at how much I have witnessed. Look at how much I have fasted. No, 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 no. He, he doesn't owe us anything. We owe him all. <laughs> we owe him a debt that we cannot pay. Amen? And so we need to be thankful to him. Uh he is he is he is not he does not have to bless us, yet he does. He does not have to use us yet, he does. Amen. Our faith should be centered on Christ and His finished work. Amen. So this this advice, this anointed advice, advice that Barnabas gives the church, it was it is powerful, and we need to take heed to these words with purpose of heart. That means with a with a perseverance, with a dedication. Uh, he says, listen, with a purpose of heart, cleave unto the Lord. Listen, the enemy is going to come in like a flood. The enemy is going to do all he can in any way that he is allowed. He is going to come and he is going to try to rip the reins of your life apart. He is going to try to bring problems in family. He is going to try to uh, uh, bring up a uh, uh, dissension between brothers and sisters in Christ. He is going to do all that he can Pull the rug out from under you, so to under you, from so to speak. He is going to try and get you to be so frustrated uh, with your life in Christ uh, that he will put your work, your efforts, to a halt. That's what he wants to do. But we must, with purpose of heart, cleave unto the Lord, and that is done. That is done through faith in His finished work. That is how it is done. It says here, going on to talk about Barnabas, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. So even after he returned, even after, after he came to Antioch, more people were added to the Lord. Now, once again, what was it further about these people in Antioch that caused them to be named Christians by those who are around them. They had already been through several things. And we see here that this was a persecution uh, that was that was beginning to be put forth uh, because of the death of Stephen. Amen. We read just a few chapters before Stephen had been uh ha- had been martyred uh for the cause of Christ, Amen. And we read here that this persecution uh that came at the end of that of that particular martyrdom, uh, it, it began to take place. And so they this church had seen much happen because once that happened, they dispersed. They dispersed. And I'm sure you've heard me uh, speak of this old saying uh, that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Simply meaning, no matter how much you try to step on us, uh, stomp us out, Kill us, take our lives. Whatever you try to do, martyrdom only, uh, only expands Christianity, because we will go from this place to that place and preach the gospel some more. We will go from that place to another place, preaching the gospel even more. And so, you cannot. We cannot move away uh, from the truth uh, that when we. Are martyred, or when we are persecuted, uh, we will continue. We will continue to preach the gospel, amen. And when we're talking about when we're talking about uh, preaching the gospel, uh, we're talking about the fact that we're going to be talking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified, amen. God bless you, my sister Sharon. We're talking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So this group of believers that were now in Antioch had seen much. Uh, They were now being persecuted. And let me give you the meaning of that word persecution. That word persecution simply means to be pursued. It means to be hunted down. It means to be chased down. Uh, It means when somebody is after you and and, and chasing you. That's the idea behind persecution. It's to uh, go after somebody with malicious intent. Amen. With malicious intent. That's what was going on here. So they had seen much. They had seen much. Uh, They were, number one, let me give you you five quick things about these people in Antioch uh, that caused them to be called Christians. It's based on the thing that they had undergone, but here's who they were, and here's who we need to be. Amen. Number one, they were submissive to the will of God. They were submissive to the will of God. That's talking about obedience obedience how obedient are you and i to the to our call amen to this vocation to which we have been called the scripture calls our christian life a vocation because it is something that is lifelong it doesn't mean that it's a job but once again it's our life it's who we are how obedient are we how obedient have we been how obedient do you want to be to the cause of christ many here they were obedient to the cause to the point of death, to the point of death but they were submissive to his will amen secondly they had they had an un, they were unwilling to grieve his spirit. they were unwilling to grieve his spirit. Now once again when it, when we're talking about grieving the Holy Spirit we're talking about bringing a pall of sadness. Over the spirit of God. We can be guilty of that. We can, we can cause the Holy Spirit himself. To become saddened. How? By our behavior. By our disobedience. By the things that we do. How we conduct ourselves. All play in to the fact of whether the Holy Spirit will be grieved with us or not. And we don't want the spirit of God to be grieved. Amen. We want the spirit of God to. To be powerful in our lives. But when he is in a a state of grieving. He will not and he cannot operate as he desires. While in that state we are the ones that need to change. He's there to work. But when we choose to be obedient to him. That's when we will see the most from the spirit of God in our lives. Thirdly they were unwilling to quench his spirit. They were unwilling to quench his spirit. When we talk about quenching, once again, it all comes down to this thing called obedience. Uh, When we quench the spirit, we effectively pour water. Spiritually speaking, we pour water over the spirit of God. We douse the power. We douse the fire of the spirit of God when we quench his spirit. It is something that we never want to do. But the early church, they were unwilling to do this. They knew that they needed the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is called the book of the Acts of the Apostles. That's that's what it is traditionally called. Open up your Bible and that's what you will probably see at the beginning of the book. The book of the Acts of the Apostles. We know that the book is actually the Acts of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. Amen. It was the Holy Spirit working and he was able to work because they were unwilling to grieve him and unwilling to quench his spirit. We see what happened early on in, in Acts chapter number five with Ananias and Sapphira, when the spirit was grieved and quenched, we see what happened and God had to, and God had to make a, a a very serious, had to put an end to a serious matter very quickly. And yes, Ananias and Sapphira They were examples. Don't tread. Don't tread where you don't belong. Don't lie to the Spirit of God. Don't grieve Him in such a way. Don't quench Him in such a way. The the consequences can be very dire. Amen. Fourthly, we see that the early church, these believers in Antioch, they served boldly. They served boldly. Boldly. I'm talking about all of them. These in Antioch. And I'm talking about obviously the disciples. I'm talking about Barnabas who was dispatched to Antioch to see what was going on there. All of them. They had a particular boldness. Amen. And boldness is something that we need in as as we walk with the Lord. Boldness. Now when we talk about boldness, we're not talking about some sort of belligerent, uh, loud, uh, unhealthy that that causes people to just say what's wrong with these people why are they no 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 nothing like that when we're talking about boldness we're talking about the fact that they there was a, a lack of fear in preaching the gospel we're going to get to that in just a moment but they were bold and the word had a way to move Paul the apostle would much would say uh, several years later as he was in jail he said pray that the Lord would give me boldness, that I might speak boldly as I ought to speak. We ought to speak boldly. We need for the word to have free and full course wherever we go and wherever we are. We need to make sure that the gospel still goes forth. He was locked up in a prison, and he said, "Give me boldness, Lord." We see back in Acts chapter number of four, I believe we 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 touched upon it last time we got together. Acts chapter number four, when we see that when the disciples came uh, to their company, to that group of people uh, that were like-minded, and they began to tell them, uh, talking about Peter and John, when they began to tell uh, the other disciples about what uh, that had just transpired, they were told not to speak in his name anymore, and they were told, and no doubt, fear, fear can come. Fear can come to the heart of an individual when they are threatened Don't do this anymore or else. It's that or else part, that unknown part uh, that can bring fear. But in spite of that, they bring their request to the Lord. uh, and, And when they got together, they said, Lord, you see their threatenings and Lord, give us boldness. Let me go back there. Let me go back to this powerful portion here in Acts chapter number four. It says... It says in verse number Acts chapter 4, in verse number 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. With all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Obviously, God granted their prayer. Filled them with the Spirit once again. And they continued to speak boldly. Amen. Knowing the consequences. Knowing what would happen uh, when they continued to do so. They yet persisted. Amen. That's That was the early church. Do we have that same purpose of heart, Uh, do we have that same desire to preach the word and to serve boldly, amen? Boldly, unfettered, amen? That's what they did. Finally, we see that they spoke without fear, and that's once again attached, that's attached to that boldness. The reason why they did what they did without fear was because of the boldness that they had, amen? And they desired. Amen. they didn't say lord lord they didn't pray lord listen don't allow us to be so on fire for you you know e- ease up a little bit lord and, and and calm us down so that we don't so that we won't hurt or bother or agitate those around us we we, we don't want to make waves you know we don't want to cause trouble that that was not their prayer that was not their prayer lord that we may speak with all boldness <laughs> Give us more boldness. Give us more boldness so that we can speak more. So more people will get saved. So more people will get healed. And this is exactly what happened. So these are the things that caused the church at Antioch to stand out. Amen. They stood out. Once again, verse number 24, back in Acts chapter 11, verse number 24, talking about Barnabas being a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith. Many people were added. Uh, to the Lord, then departed Barnabas uh, to seek Saul. He left Antioch. And when, verse number 26, when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. Stop right there. So Barnabas goes looking for Saul, who is Paul. He gets him, he finds him, and he says, listen, listen, Saul, you got to come with me. You got to come with me to Antioch. There's something powerful taking place. We don't know how much time all of this took where he had to go and sort of find uh had to find paul didn't know where he was was at so there had to be probably much inquiry so it wasn't like he went a few days or a day or so or maybe a couple of weeks and he found him this this probably was a a, a period of time it took him to find him uh but when he found him when you, you paul you, listen you got to come with me to antioch you got to come with me to antioch there's something powerful taking place there the disciples there listen th- there's something powerful and it came to pass when they got there a whole year They stayed in Antioch for a whole year. Understand what happens here. They get there and they find footing. They find footing. The Holy Spirit finds a place of rest there in Antioch. And they begin to to assemble themselves and teach many people. The Spirit of God was drawing people once again. They were teaching people about what? They were teaching people about Jesus. They were teaching people about who Jesus was. What is the Great Commission? Found in Matthew chapter number uh, 28. Go and make disciples, followers of all nations. Let me go there. Let me go there real quick. I'm going to get the words uh, absolutely, completely right. Just go into all the world. Go into all. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And Lord, I am with you even always, even unto the end of the world. So teaching, teach them. You cannot be taught the things of God until you become a follower of Him. Amen. You can teach unsaved people about the Bible, but they will not be able to put it into practice. Until they know the Lord for themselves, good information it's good information up to that time, but until until they know the Lord, then it does them no good to be taught about him. It's only an intellectual exercise, but here we see that they were taught and we see what happens and the disciples were called the disciples. those followers, those followers who had been taught, they were called Christians. First in Antioch. This was a special, special group of believers. Not that any group of believers are more special than others, but because they're not. But once again, when your faith has been taken through the fire, listen, here in America, and you've heard me say it several times, I'll say it one more time. Here in America, we have not seen persecution the way persecution is around the world. Uh, concerning Christianity. I mean, we, we have no clue what others have gone through. We have heard of. We have heard of churches being burned. We have heard of, we have heard of believers being massacred and martyred. We, we've heard of these things. We don't, we don't know of such a life here inside America. We don't know that life. Amen? We, we don't know what it is to have to meet underground. To meet in secret, we have churches on every corner here where I live. There are churches in some places on every block. I was on a city bus just recently, and over about a period of uh, about a mile or two, I counted. I counted about thirty churches. Thirty churches of different sizes, different shapes, uh, different names, but they were all churches. Amen. And so we have that freedom here to assemble. We we don't know how the other half lives around the world, amen. And so when your faith has been put under fire, as uh, the Christians in the early church were, that they know something, they understand persecution, they know what it is to to be under fire. Amen. We here in America, we are blessed. Get me wrong, don't get me wrong. We are blessed. We are blessed above measure when it comes to the gospel. Amen. But we don't know persecution. I'm not wishing or hoping or praying persecution upon us. Of course not. But we don't know persecution like the rest of the world knows persecution in Jesus because of the name of Jesus. Amen. And these people in Antioch, they were special in that sense. They knew the early church was special. In that sense, they knew they understood. Amen. And we need to be we, we need to be that people who rely on the spirit of God. We don't need to turn our, we, we We need to turn our backs, turn our backs on the things of the world. Amen. We need to hold to cleave to the Lord. With all that is in us. We need to put the Lord first. He needs to be the center of our lives. Amen. Our lives can get crowded. Our lives can be filled with a lot of different things. That have nothing to do with the gospel. Good things. Don't get me wrong. Good things. Good things. Fine things. But once again. When they begin to crowd out. Who we are in Christ. When they begin to crowd out who Jesus is. Then we have a problem. Amen. We need to stick to the Bible, preach the gospel, preach Christ and Him crucified, and we will see great numbers come to the Lord. This is the truth about Antioch, and it needs to be the truth about us. Amen. Lord, we bless your name today. We thank you once again for giving us uh, this opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we are so grateful to you, Lord Jesus. We we bless you. We honor you, Lord Jesus, because of who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, we know that without the cross, Lord Jesus, we would not be here. Lord, it would be, it would be no use for us to be uh, standing and speaking about you because we would be of all men most miserable. Lord, we put our faith, we put our hope, we put our trust in you. Lord, I pray that we will take the lesson uh, from the church at Antioch. Lord, that we might cleave unto you with all of our hearts, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, that we will not uh, uh, quench you, that we will not grieve you. Lord, that we be unwilling to uh, disobey you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want you to be with us in all that we do. Lord, have your way in our lives, in our hearts. Lord, I pray for those who are watching right now uh, and listening. Lord, I pray that you'll continue uh, to lead your people Uh in your work, Lord Jesus. I pray that each and every one might put you first, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we none of us will crowd uh, you out of our lives, Lord Jesus, by any particular activity. Lord, that we might see you and see you first. Lord, have your way in our hearts and in our lives. We'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. We bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you once again, Sharon. God bless you, Craig and Charity and Pops. Amen. God bless you and God bless all of you who will, who I'm sure will be checking in uh, with us uh, a little later on. Amen. We just bless the Lord and we honor him uh, for all that he is doing. Amen. We look to the Lord for all of our needs. Amen. And we know that he is able, uh, he is more than able to do uh, all that uh, we need to do in him amen we bless him and we honor him amen we invite you as always we invite you to join us throughout the week if you can amen if you are able uh, we will be here uh, on tomorrow night uh, with the line by line podcast we're in we will be in the book of matthew chapter number 10 we're moving we're moving right along in the book amen matthew chapter number 10 that's starting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. I pray uh, that you will be able uh, to join us there. Uh, We're looking forward, uh, as always, to a powerful time in the Word of God. Amen. Tuesday night, we're continuing in our series, Back to the Cross. We're embracing the power the glory, and the victory. Everything that we do, everything that we say here in this particular ministry uh, is underscored by the cross. It's uh, it's underscored by uh, embracing the power, the glory, and the victory of the cross. You will find uh, the cross embedded within all uh, that we do and say and teach here in this particular ministry, amen? And so we we will be talking about the cross uh, on uh, this Tuesday night, Uh, beginning at 8 o'clock p.m. Tomorrow night at 7, Tuesday night at 8, and don't forget, once again, uh, finishing off uh, just a few loose ends about communion. Uh, On Wednesday night, talking about the first principles of Christian life, the glorious church. Amen. As we begin to wind down that particular subject, um, we have, I believe, uh, maybe one more lesson uh, after this particular week uh in the talking about the church uh so join us uh this Wednesday night as we continue talking about the glorious church amen and of course of course uh tomorrow night uh rather sunday morning we'll be right back here again uh with another word from the book of Acts alive and well amen so we honor the Lord and we bless him and we thank him for uh what he is doing amen. Hallelujah. Once again, don't forget our book, Churchified or Sanctified, is available right now on Amazon.com. Amen. We pray that will be a blessing to your life. Amen. Well, amen. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes, and I want to uh, thank you for being with us uh, this Lord's Day. I pray that the rest of your day will go well. Once again, shout out to those who do listen in on Spreaker.com from across the United States and around the world. Amen. We thank you for your support. We see you. We thank you for downloading our podcast where you are. Amen. And from, once again, all points around the world, amen. I, I am I am just so grateful uh, that this particular uh, podcast is able to, to reach out to those in foreign lands. Amen. I, I'm really, really grateful. Amen. We pray for you, and we thank you, once again, for your support. Amen. So continue to follow us as we continue to... Propagate and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ one soul at a time. We thank you for being with us. And we will see you hopefully tomorrow night on the Line by Line podcast, Matthew chapter number 10. Until then, have a good day. God bless you.